Welcome to the Nutra Narratives Podcast. I am your host, Gigi Naval. This is the place where dietitians and dietetic students share their stories centered around food to all things nutrition in order to inform, empower, and bring some inspiration to your day. For today's episode, my guest is Natalie Lager, who is a registered dietitian nutritionist. She works for a local eating disorders clinic. Hello, Natalie. Hi. Hi. Welcome to the Nutra Narratives podcast. I'm Yay, thank you. I am so excited to have you here. I haven't seen you in a while. I think the last time I saw you was, I think it was at Trader Joe's. Oh, really? Probably. I love yeah. that. <laughs> yeah, it was like after graduation, and we just talked for a brief moment, and I was already excited to hear that you were working already, and so I get to see you again after that time. Yeah. So, Natalie, since uh, you passed your RD exam, and I believe because you took it in your last year at mm-hmm. Loma Linda University... That gave you the opportunity to start working even before finishing your master's. Mm-hmm. Okay. So where did you work that first job or if it's still that job, what have you done since getting that RD? Yeah. So um, like you said, I had, I was in the bachelor's master's combined program. And so um, after taking my RD exam, I was like, I have to start looking for jobs. And I (laughs) wasn't quite sure what area of work that I wanted to be in. And so I started thinking back on my rotations, like what rotations felt the most fulfilling, which, which area felt the most interesting And so that was my rotation at the eating disorder clinic at the BHI at Loma Linda. Oh, okay. And so that position was filled. um, And so I was like, well, there's not a whole lot of other eating disorder clinics in the area. Um, So I was kind of thinking of, I'm not sure where I want to be, but indeed, let's check indeed because we're looking for a job. Uh huh. And um, through that, I found a local eating disorder clinic in Rancho. And I applied and I luckily got the job and started working there um, as I was finishing up grad school. They were really um, accommodating to me, my school schedule and working that out. And then the day... We graduated on a Sunday. The next Monday, I was starting full-time. Oh, that is fantastic. And have you been working there since? Or have you transitioned elsewhere? Yes, I'm still currently working there. Oh, that is fantastic when you can be at the same place for a while and really grow your expertise. Yeah. Eating disorders is definitely a specialized area of nutrition or just in general. And so there's a lot of learning. Um, I've, I've learned a lot. I've grown a lot as a clinician and I still have so much to, to learn and I'm excited for that. Wow. So are you the only dietitian there or is there a team of dietitians that you work with? There's myself and one other dietitian. Okay. Fantastic. Does the other, is the other dietitian, has she been there for a while or? She's fairly new. Um, I, I would say under, under six months still. Okay. Year, yeah. So now you're in the role of 
you had been, you were the one that trained her? Yes. yes. Wow. This is nice when you're able to pass on your knowledge to yeah. a new dietitian. Definitely. Mm-hmm. So you have been there for four years now. It's 2020, well, five. Mm-hmm. Okay. And what are the elements in your job that you have learned that we weren't able to teach you in the classroom? Because it's, it's always two different worlds. You know, mm-hmm. here's, here, here's the textbook, but yet there's also real life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So. I remember um, in school, I had most of my, um, I guess, knowledge that I acquired from school from my rotation. But I do mm-hmm. remember a snippet of a portion of a class. Um, I believe it was in MNT that we learned a little bit about eating disorders, just kind of touch base on what are eating disorders, um, what are maybe some some nutrition recommendations. But then learning that and then working in the field is, like you said, a totally different ballgame. Oh, I could imagine. Yeah. And so a lot of it was when I started my job was just learning that um, through a lot of resources online, um, continued education, and just really learning. And like I said, I'm still learning and growing as a clinician because there's so much in um, eating disorders. What I like about that is eating disorders are all different. Like each patient that I work with is something um, different. So it requires, you know, just more and more knowledge. Mm-hmm. So true. So with eating disorder patients, you're able to work with them for a good period of time, not like in some hospitals where some patients are in and out a few days, but you're able to actually build a relationship. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's what I really, really love about my job is that I find it really fulfilling to be able to follow up and to see somebody make changes and heal and recover from their eating disorder. Wow. So I love that, that aspect a lot and being there, you know, to support them throughout the, their journey. Mm-hmm. How often are you able to see success stories? Um, I think the patients that I work with, they do so much challenging work and um, a lot of strong work throughout their recovery. So I think every day, like I see that every day, just progress in their recovery and then, uh-huh. Um, people going on to graduate program and uh, it's really nice to hear how people are doing after treatment um, when mm. we texts or letters um, following up with how they're doing and how their life is so much better recovered and wow approximately how long do they get to work with you before they graduate or move on how long are you able to work with them um, it varies patient to patient, but I would say an average of about six months. It can be longer than that. Wow. Um, and then if they continue to work with me on an outpatient basis, that can be for years. Okay. That is really nice when you can really see progress. And I bet that's just so rewarding. It just really makes your heart feel so good about mm-hmm the service you give to people. 
Yeah, because it's a it's a challenging role to play as a dietitian for someone struggling with an eating disorder, but it's so fulfilling at the end of the day. And the the people that I get to work with are some of the bravest, just really kind people. So mm. I'm really grateful for the work that I get to do. Yes, what a blessing. So this clientele, they are really wanting to get better. Because, you know, in some other clinical settings, you have some patients that are like, hmm, they still want to do what they've always done. Mm -hmm. But it sounds like this group of people, they really want to get better. Yes, some of them. And we also work with adolescents who feel, you know, like my parents are just bringing me here or this is just what I have to do. And when I'm adult, I'm going to change that. And so there are um, other patients that do um, struggle or they're still working on finding their motivation for recovery and that want to do that for themselves. So it it (laughs) Okay. And that's fair. That's very fair. And so I'm going to now transition over to your expertise on the concepts of what you might be using with this particular clientele. Like it is known in with some dietitians, some dietitians practice this with their patients or not. The concepts of well, a couple I'm thinking of intuitive eating and health at every size. I know there's a relationship, there might be some similarities, and can you share with me just a little bit about what intuitive eating is about, then we can go into health at every size. Yeah, Um, well, if the intuitive eating that I um, believe that you're thinking about is based on the book by Evelyn Chiboli and Elise Resch, and so that is, um, I think there's, I believe there's 10 principles and that makes up what um, intuitive eating is. So intuitive eating is definitely being more attuned with your body and eating um, in relation to your body cues, like your hunger cues, your fullness cues. But the intuitive eating principles outlined in the book are more than that. Um, So that would be like ditching the diet mentality and, um, Engaging in joyful movement. I'm saying these all out of order, but... um, Yeah, no, that's all good. (laughs) But um, there are... um, So rejecting the diet mentality is principle number one. Um, Honoring your hunger is number two. Making peace with food. Challenging the food police. um, Discovering the satisfaction factor. Feeling your fullness. Coping with your emotions with kindness. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, respecting your body and accepting your body um, for, you know, what it is, your DNA, your genetic blueprint. Right. Um, moving and feeling the difference, you know, leaving out exercise, like, uh, from a place of obligation and more to care for your body and what feels good. Um, and then honoring your health with gentle nutrition. Okay. Mm. So, Yeah. Those are the the principles. So it all kind of um, and the they did write it in a specific order so that you know rejecting diet mentality comes before gentle nutrition. True. So on and so forth. Yeah. So is that something you're able to use with the population you work with, or or not? 
Yeah, I definitely like the concept of intuitive eating for eating disorders because the eating disorder disconnects them so much so from their body, what they actually want to eat. Um, There's a lot, a lot of food rules, um, which a lot of that is drawn in from diet culture and that diet mentality and fad diets and things that the eating disorder kind of latches on to the environment and then creates Mm -hmm. food rules around. Okay. So overall, the principles and a lot of the things mentioned in the principles that I just read off are (laughs) helpful for someone recovering from an eating disorder. Okay. If someone is struggling with a very active eating disorder, they're probably not going to be able to actually eat intuitively and honor those cues for what they want to eat and um, get enough nutrition. Okay. So it's kind of taking eating from the eating disorder, making food choices to more structured way of eating, learning what your body needs. And then eventually the end goal would be that they are more attuned with their body and they can um, connect to that and honor that and just respect what their body wants and needs. So that really makes sense to me because as they are going through the actual eating disorder when that time they're coming to you hunger is not something that they probably have been feeling for quite a bit depending on how they have been treating their body yes and so um intuitive eating i think can be skewed a little sometimes as like the hunger fullness diet Mm. so um i i've seen that used and well i'm not hungry so i'm not going to eat ah and so, no, it's still important that you eat, even if you don't feel that hunger cue, because you know that your body needs food. Yeah. And that could be the same with anyone without an, an eating disorder. If they are eating more intuitively or they, you know, identify as an intuitive eater, that there is a piece of, you know, bringing in what you know about nutrition, what your body needs to it. It's not just, well, what do I feel? You know, because what if I exactly. I don't feel hungry right now for breakfast, but I know I won't be able to eat for a few hours. So I'm going to go ahead and eat breakfast right now, even if I don't feel hungry, because I know my body needs it. And I know I won't be able to eat for a few hours. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That yes. Of, you know, listening to your body, but also, you know, honoring what you know you need and um, giving right. some thought to it. Yeah, because it's not like, okay, I'm hungry, but the only thing that's available or that I see is a donut. Um, I mean, it, 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 there's also a place for, as you said, thinking about what our bodies do need. Because sometimes when you read the book, it almost sometimes seems like, well, if it's there, that's what I'm going to eat because I'm hungry. Mm-hmm. So there's, so in my mind is like, is it for everybody? Do you think this is for everyone? Because what about if this person here to my left doesn't have enough nutrition knowledge to make proper healthy food choices? Mm-hmm. And then here on this side, my right side, well, this person does know what's good and what's not. So I'm hungry. And yes, there are apples and oranges. So I'll have that. I mean, is it for everyone? Yeah, I mean, I definitely believe that we all are born with the ability to eat intuitively unless, you know, that ability was kind of robbed from us from a lot of food rules growing up at the table um, or other things that kind of got in the way or an eating disorder or something of that sort. Um, I do think that... Um, to just the way that our culture views food and nutrition really robs our ability to just honor our food choices. 
I think at the end of the day, our bodies, you know, need certain nutrients. And if we were really tuning in and listening, we probably wouldn't be craving or wanting the same exact foods every single day. Um, I agree. There's definitely more of a pull towards certain foods just because of the rules we have around it. You know, that Mm. not with like, Mm -hmm. I can't have that food. And so that's all I want. And so. Right. So I'm going to go into health at every size. So that's another concept or method that has been also floating around and shared by many dietitians. Mm-hmm. So what's that about? Health at every size. <laughs> yeah, Health at Every Size um, is a book written by Linda Bacon um, and also um, ASDA or the Association for Size, Diversity and Health um, do a lot of talk about the health at every size approach. And so um, there are some principles that I can share. So number one is um, weight inclusivity, and that's accepting and respecting that, you know, we're all built differently. There's diverse body shapes and sizes um, and not pathologizing certain body sizes and weights um, and not idealizing other, you know, like what the, what our culture would um, label as, yeah, like an ideal, like the thin ideal, basically. Okay. Um, other principles are health enhancement, um, providing respectful care, eating for well-being, and life-enhancing movement. Um, so usually you, you will see a um, health at every size and intuitive eating, um, like you said, kind of hand-in-hand. Hand. Um, and I, I do think a part of being able to eat intuitively is um, – eliminating that weight bias or um, I don't, respecting your body's natural size and not making food choices um, or choices with movement or whatever it may be based on a body size mm. um, and not so key. placing health just in um, a weight or a number or BMI or mm-hmm. of that nature. So, because if someone who's not a dietitian or really well-versed with health at every size, it almost sounds like I can be heavy, very heavy, and and I can just be this way and not worry about how much I weigh. Is that the concept? It doesn't matter how heavy? Is that what they're saying? Or... Are they saying something else? Health at every size isn't saying that you are healthy at any size, but that you can engage in health promoting behaviors at any size. Mm, there you go. That is excellent. It's saying the the bot like it's not um, saying your weight is what makes you healthy or not, but it's saying to accept your body and you can be healthy at any size. It's not really about you know, your body shape, size, or the number on the scale or whatever Mm -hmm. I would say that okay so then like do you think there's a certain group of people this might not work with the health at every size um you know there are certain groups with certain medical conditions or not and would that make a a difference whether that would work with them or not um I hear what you're saying and I think it it goes back to, it's not saying that um, you are healthy at any size, right? Because somebody could be in um, 
like, let's say I work with eating disorders, right? They're mm-hmm. very dangerously low body weights. So yes. that doesn't mean that they're being healthy. Right. Um, and that is not a healthy body size for them. In fact, that may require them to um, be hospital, hospitalized and go through a, you know, nutrition um, rehab um, phase of their recovery. So mm-hmm. it's not so much saying or focusing on the body size, but just the behaviors and having access to care okay. that provides and respects diverse body sizes. And Yes. See, that's, that makes it really clear how you explained it because I mentioned this earlier. I can have a patient with type two diabetes and have a BMI of maybe 35 and blood sugars are out of control. But then if this person did lose weight and went down to a BMI of maybe 29, there could be a a big difference in their blood sugars so that they won't have other complications later on down the road. So in this case, I would think that, um, like what you said, it would, for them, it would be more on the behavior and not even bring even like the weight concept to them. Yeah. Like not putting weight in the picture, but focusing on Mm -hmm. the behaviors and focusing on, um, and too, like in diabetes, you can find a way to eat intuitively and manage your blood sugar in a way that you can have a healthy relationship with food and your body and eating is still, you know, focused on caring for yourself and not changing, you know, your body and Yes, there you go. I love that. I I love discussing this with you because for me, I haven't really been practicing it, this concept with people. And for you, you have actually been taking these concepts and practicing it with certain people that you feel it is worth using it with. So you are the right person to talk to about this. And then so what about for you on a... um, personal practice level, what is important for you to be doing a nutrition practice on a daily basis or a regular basis? Yeah, I think um, definitely I try to be mindful of eating from all the food groups. Um, Most importantly, above all, I try to get a variety of foods because each food, you know, provides the body with something differently. I... Um, I practice what I preach and not um, in um, helping people to enjoy food and seeing food is so much more than just nutrition. Um, mm, I love that. Nutrition, there's tradition, there's memories, there's, you know, just eating for the taste of food. And um, so I think definitely viewing like nutrition, yes, but um, it's so much more than that. Oh, that is great. That is really inspiring and encouraging to hear. Instead of just um, restricting ourselves to the thought of it has to always be for my health, always has to be nutritious, it has to be, I need to benefit from it in a healthy way, but it is, it is a beautiful thing to enjoy food because of the memories, the traditions, mm-hmm. maybe something you made with mom during the holidays or what grandma made Mm -hmm. you know every holiday whatever holiday it is so that is great what about like when you do allow yourself to just slip and slide to something that's just 
Oh, so wonderful. And not necessarily a healthy food item. What is, what is that one or two things? So I don't think I have a time where I really slip and slide in mm -hmm. because I, I have full permission to eat all foods. I love that. That is just beautiful. I'm not going like out of what I normally would eat, even if it is a holiday or a celebration. It's probably something that I would typically have. Like I have a sweet mm -hmm. tooth. It doesn't have to be Christmas or someone's birthday for mm -hmm. that. And so that yeah, is I, great. I feel like I slip and slide and you know, <laughs> have this mentality of that. I think that that mentality comes from the culture that we live in, that diet culture. Right. Thinking and labeling food as healthy and healthy or good and bad. And so Bingo. I don't believe or I see kind of foods and I help to my clients to see foods on a neutral, you know, plain mm -hmm. field is like the word that's coming to mind, but just seeing foods all neutrally you know, mm -hmm. foods that are better than one or the other. And you can eat all foods and helping them to have permission to eat all foods. And that is great. I think you just nailed that one just so beautifully with, with the philosophy that you personally believe in. And it just, it's just a wonderful thing how it just all came out. Yeah. So thank you so much. This has been a very enlightening and oh, I just remembered one thing. Something is coming up on the horizon for you, which we should mention. There's a, a project that you've been working on. You've been working on a, a side additional <laughs> um, business. So can you share a little bit of that? Yeah, um, I love working with eating disorders, but I also love helping people to heal their relationship with food and their body and help mm -hmm. people with struggling with disordered eating or chronic dieting um, to have a healthier relationship with food. And so I am in the process of starting a private practice so that I can see clients on the side and, and help them to make peace with food and their body and themselves and, you know, eliminate, um, a lot of that, again, external noise that gets in the way of us honoring our body and eating in a way that feels good to us and, um, being more connected to, to their own experience of food. And that is fantastic. When can we expect to see your business all up and running, ready to go. Do you think a few more months or a year? What does the time frame look like? I'm definitely crossing my fingers for, you know, hopefully sooner than a few more months. Um, but yeah, it's definitely a work in progress. It's another learning curve. Um, mm -hmm. there are a lot of things that I'm getting my ducks in a row for. Yes, definitely. But I know that there will be people who are listening that would probably want your help. And so we'll have to just keep them in the know of once it's ready to go, we will definitely be spreading that news so that they can go see you. Oh, thank you so much. Mm -hmm. All right. Well, Natalie, thank you so much for sharing your time. I know you've been busy with work this week and you have graciously accommodated to make time to talk to me and to catch up 
as I've mentioned with others, for us teachers, when we see that our students have just flown the coop and are just doing incredibly well in their career, it just really warms our heart and it makes us so proud of you. And I am definitely oozing with pride for you right now because you have definitely been doing amazing work. Thank you. And I definitely had the help of you and all the staff at Loma Linda with my training and getting me to this place. So I can't say that I could have done it without all of you. So I'm grateful for you as well. Thank you. All right. May God bless you in your new business and may God continue to use you with the patients that you are working with. Thank you so much. You're welcome. You can follow Natalie on Instagram. Her IG handle is Nosh with Nat. You can connect with Natalie there, especially if you would like to enlist her services in helping you with intuitive eating. Thank you for listening in on today's episode. Until next time, may you eat well to live well.